Lori Gersh. Hello. Hello. Hi, Jay. This is Jay Michaels. If I'm on the line, you're on the air. <laughs> Hold on for a minute. Sure. If she's on the air, then we got to go on speaker. Well, there you go. This is the number you wanted, yeah? Yeah. How are you? Not bad. How are you two? How are you, Lori? I'm, I'm okay. Healthy. Uh-oh. Losing my mind. A little bit going, going a little bit uh, crazy, but uh, other than that, uh, grateful for uh, being alive, being healthy, and uh, all the other things. And uh, spring. Springtime. Now, I know you guys are constantly on the move. How does it feel to be... Uh, uh, sheltering in place. I'll take that one. I have to tell you, I'm actually finding it a break. <laughs> uh, I, I, I know it's a horrible, horrible thing to say. It may not be politically correct in this era, but the reality is, as a writer, and it's right, as, as a writer, you know, I can write anywhere. The only thing I'm missing is taking my car into the city of Los Angeles, sitting in traffic and going to meetings. So outside of that and missing Starbucks now and again, I'm totally cool. And watching a lot of TV and doing a lot of work, so I can't complain. That, that's funny. Bill Maher basically said the same thing. He feels like drag racing along uh, uh, in L.A. because, like, there's, there's just no traffic. Uh, the few times he's gone out. Um, I, I laugh. You're you're actually number two. I had an actress who, when I said, what's it like? And she said, it's great. And I just, I just, couldn't, I just couldn't hold it in. Uh, honestly, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it is what it is. And, you know, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to be And again and again. Yes. As they say, history repeats itself. And this time, you know, we were caught, we were caught, uh, you know, not ready. And uh, this should really send a message that the next time we better be ready for anything. Really anything at all. I'm, I'm asking this question of you guys. I don't normally ask this question, but, but following Joel's Facebook, uh, I, I, think, I think the answer will be very explosive from him. And, Laurie, I, I have a feeling you're going to give me a very metered, very intelligent answer. Why weren't we prepared? Yeah, let Laurie take that. <laughs> He was, you know, the president was told that uh, 
early on that something was happening. And instead of putting everything behind that and looking into that and really focusing on that because it's not something that, you know, just happens to a small group of people. I mean, this is, this is worldwide. You know, we don't, we, I think we don't want to think of, we don't want to think of it. So if we don't want to think of it, we don't want to put time into it. We don't want to devote time. We just want to be in the here and now and not, you know, what's going to happen down the road six months from now, 18 months, two and a half years, you know, from now. But it's here. And, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Do you think it was... If we don't learn from our from this, if we don't learn from this, then we are definitely doomed. We are definitely, definitely doomed as, you know, going forward. Well, that's possible. Do, do you think <laughs> it was, do you think it was um, arrogance or ignorance? Do you think, uh, do you think we thought, come on, we're the United States, nothing bugs us, pardon the pun, uh, uh, or, or do you think it was ignorance of, of well, we don't know what's going on, so just let's let's pretend we didn't hear about it. Okay, I guess I'm taking that one. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting for for the diatribe. Whenever you're ready. For anybody interested in my answer, please read my Facebook. That's my answer. No, I'll give you a better one. Um, so. We are, unfortunately, a society, as Lori said, that does not learn from its past. And history does tend to repeat itself. And during the period of the 1918 pandemic, we had no, you know, viral drugs. There were no vaccines. There was nothing. And we had six million people die globally. I was watching the news this morning, and I saw... I, in, in the interest of not disappointing Jay Michaels, <laughs> I was watching the, ja the jackass Dr. Phil on TV saying, <laughs> again, comparing this to the flu and comparing this to swimming accidents and automobile accidents and all of this type of thing, as the numbers are still growing pretty much on a daily basis. The thing is, we never learned from 18, 1918. We did have uh, departments in the government to um, safeguard us from some of this and to do the work and the World Health Organization and the CDC and so forth were uh, doing what they were tasked to do. And then the current administration, again, in the interest of not disappointing Jay Michaels, pulled <laughs> um, some funding and uh, basically discounted the severity and the potential of this outbreak early on, waited until it became too late to ignore, and then elected to take some action. And I'll be the first to say, you know, look, and by the way, it's one of those hypocritical do as I say, don't do as I do type of things. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, the thing is, it's not necessarily the time to come down on the political world at large, the current administration, even though I do that on a daily basis, uh, my better nature 
says that we're all in this together, and we damn well better, you know, make something work and try to, uh, you know, resume at some point. But now is not the time, uh, in my opinion, because we don't have the tools to uh, ensure our safety and security. So, a copy of the speech can be received by writing so much. So you think it's time for us to just say, okay, let's let's stop saying who's who's an idiot and who isn't, and let's just cure this. We can beat each other up later. In my better nature. Yeah, I think you know um, it's here. We need to deal with it and move forward and focus on the problem that's right in front of us on our plate. There's too many other things that can really divert our attention to from it, and we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't let that, we shouldn't let that happen. Mistakes were made. Uh, better decisions could have been made faster, quicker, uh, smarter. But you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> I love that line. I love that line, and it's very sad that, uh, that that that's becoming the song of the day. Um, Road to hell with good intention. Let's 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 go on that riff now. Considering uh, considering whom I'm speaking to, I've spoken to a lot of of our buddies in the genre, and the one question I ask them is uh, in different ways: um, What kind of horror movie are we in? Are we in a horror movie? Are we looking out there and saying, wait a minute, this is the same as Walking Dead. This is the same as the crazies, as Contagion, as the last man on Earth. Um, can, can we say that, that the, horror, the horror writers and, and horror creators are looking very prophetic right about now? Well, it's always been that case, you know, between horror and science fiction in general. Um... You know, so many of the pioneering science fiction authors, you know, such as, well, not necessarily pioneering, but some of the more renowned, such as Arthur C. Clarke and Frank Herbert and so forth, um, Isaac Asimov, they, Harlan Ellison, they've been able to take these leaps and then let's see into the future. And now some of us are going back to science fiction and horror novels to see what we can do to cure this mess. Um, novels like The Road, Dystopian and apocalyptic novels and movies and so forth are now cliche. They're now present. So what is on the other side of the curve? When the AIDS crisis hit, some of our greatest art came as a result. You had Jonathan Larson doing Rent. Mm -hmm. You had um, Keith Haring's Keith Haring's work. You 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 had you know Angels in America, which was just one of the most remarkable theatrical experiences ever. You had uh, so much, but yet movies like Long Time Companion with Philadelphia. You had so much real art come from Little Park Break, and the new art, I think, will leave some of the dystopic visions in the past because they're no longer visions. Right, it's reality. So we're going to now look back and we're going to say, what's the next wave of horror? What's the next wave of science fiction? Sure, we can all say we're living in the road right now. But the thing is, uh, going to the 99 cent store and wearing a mask and staying five feet away from everybody and having to go in in a line and being very careful anybody touches their elbow next to me while wearing a mock leather jacket, a mask, and a cap, 
Um, yeah, it made me feel like uh, we were in a horror movie at the moment. Um, what's going to be on the other side in terms of the industry itself? I've had a lot of people say, oh, it'll be fine, we're just going to wear masks in the theater and everything's going to be great, we're all going to go back to filming and writing and performing. Others have said, give up, it's virtual or it ain't. When, 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 uh, when we're allowed to go out, what's going to be our entertainment? Okay, when you do a porn film... Because, you know, to your audience... Well, Lori, why does he always go to porn? No, here's why. Because, I'm joking about the audience, I don't have any experience shooting porn films, but the thing is, I did a documentary on the porno industry about 20 years ago or something, and all of the porn performers, and we were on a lot of sex, and I had friends in that business, all the porn performers had to take HIV tests before they shot. And what's going to be is, Unless you're going to see a bunch of movies and television shows with people wearing masks and gloves in every scene, there's going to be a quick COVID-19 test uh, prior to every shoot, in my opinion, uh, before production begins. And let's say somebody goes home and they get something outside and then they come back the next day to shoot again. I think there's going to be a new normal on a daily basis. Everybody's either going to stick out their tongue with a swab with a Q-tip and be tested. And I do think that production will resume. But I think the safeguards are going to be very, you know, considerably strong. Wow. So, so, uh, Lori, what, what do you, what do you think of that? I'm, I'm blown away by that. I, I, that's, that's really fascinating. What's, what's your take? I think that uh, we will get back to some degree of what we had before. It's going to take a long time. Yep. We have to see what falls out from all of this. And as far as what's going to work for us or work for the industry, because there was even before this uh, came on, you know, if you look back um, a year ago or 18 months ago, Changes were starting to be made. Uh, what we were doing was starting to sort of uh, slowly uh, disappear as far as the things that we were doing for the industry and the industry for filming uh, shows, TV shows, and whatnot. So, you know, I, I don't know. It all, you know, it's like. You have to sit people down and ask them, you know, what, what do they, what do they want? You know, what do they want? What will they do? Mm. You know, will they go back into, you know, a theater? Will they ever go back into a theater? You know, personally, when I, I don't want to watch play or a musical other than being in the theater because that's, to me, that's the greatest experience is going to, a theater and sitting down and, you know, watching the actors, actresses on, on the stage, doing their craft. You don't get that same experience. For example, we had gone a couple of years ago to see uh, uh, a musical, 42nd Street. Oh, sure. And uh, they have a great opening uh, sequence that's probably a good five to seven minutes with tap dancing. And... It was, so, it was so joyous because you had like a hundred people on the stage tap dancing and it was just 
it, it was something that even for the biggest grouch, it was what put a smile on their face, and it really sort of made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. Am I going to get that kind of experience sitting in front of my computer watching it? No. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get that. It's, it's so like, funny you, you say know, that. Because same thing like, uh, you know, there are people who are, you know, taking in food and ordering it in yeah. because you can't go sit in a restaurant. You have the food, but the experience isn't there anymore. It's interesting you use 42nd Street. Mary and I watched uh, the London production uh, on Broadway HD or something uh, about a week ago. And and I had seen the original with Jerry Orbach a million years ago. And, and yeah. I found myself enjoying it immensely. But at the same point, each time there was a number that came up, I found myself saying, I remember when I saw it and they did this and then Jerry Orbach came out and Tammy Grimes did that and... It, it, it brought me to the reality. I couldn't immerse fully in what I was watching. I had to be brought to the, to the real production, if you will. Um, yeah. I, I, I fully agree with you. I think, uh, uh, I think we're going to, to be in a real conundrum because we're going to want that community. We're going to want to, to get back to the theaters uh, for, for film or live work, but you know, how many people want to sit elbow to elbow to, with someone right about now and not know who they are or where they've been 12 minutes before? Uh, well, I think that, I, I think that uh, honestly, there's not going to be that many. Uh, we here in L.A. have a lot of equity waiver theaters, which are 99 seats or less. Oh, yeah. That's, that's our off-Broadway, yes. Yeah, they're not going to make it. No. They're, they're, they're not going to make it because before this, they were running by a very short margin as far as keeping, you know, the roof over their head. So, and as far as movie theaters, I don't know. They're going to have to get a, a, a line of credit, a huge line of credit to stay in business. Aye, aye, aye. It, it's funny here, I've spoken to people who both said the little theaters will evaporate. And others said, well, the big theaters can't afford to operate at this point, so they're going to have to turn to the little theaters. So again, we're, we're, we, we have no definitive answer. Joel, I, I, I was really blown away by yours. I didn't even take that into account. Yes, a lot of people have, have compared uh, the, the AIDS crisis with what we're going to have after this, but it may become part of, of filming. It might become, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to the shoot, I have to take my test at noon, and then I'm going to be on camera at 1230. It's, it may become... The you, you know, like someone with diabetes has the little finger, uh, the finger prick that they do every morning. It may become something like that everywhere you go. I think it will. <sighs> and why shouldn't? Why shouldn't? I mean, the bottom line is, unless we have a vaccine, you know, I'm not necessarily keen on risking anybody's life by being reckless. So at the end of the day, and again, I, I bring it back to the porno world. I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, it's, you know, they, they kept going through, you know, the AIDS crisis and everything else. And some of them began wearing condoms and stuff like this. Whatever it takes, you know, we're going to have to abide by that. And frankly, unfortunately, unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, there will probably be laws to that effect. We may have Big Brother is watching you scenario. There may be, I was watching MSNBC this morning, but I missed the context. All I heard were loudspeakers in a particular city stay, saying, stay five feet away. 
you are not immune from this virus. Please separate. And I was watching that, but I, like I said, I missed the context because I came in late. So we're going to have, I think, more of that. I think, uh, you know, we're going to at some point resemble, you know, China's system in terms of watching their population, in terms of, you know, cameras and so forth and so on. I don't think it's going to get um, any better until there's a vaccine, but I do think what's going to happen is we're going to clo more closely resemble a science fiction movie. Um, that's not necessarily dystopic in vision, but something along the lines of a brave new world where we're going to be monitored and watched and data will be taken and their social media organizations will be under fire for selling the data to the federal government. I think it's going to become one of these whole big things. And what's going to be very interesting is come November with the new election, let's see where all of this lands because by then, hypothetically, we could have found a vaccine or we may have a new administration that says we're doing everything wrong, let's move this way. So it all remains to be seen. We're in the void. We're in the great unknown. This is the purview of science fiction and horror films. And that's where we are right now. So time will tell exactly where we're going to be. So you're saying not only will we maybe have Big Brother, but we have no choice but to have Big Brother? We may have no choice. Oh, it my really gosh. is going to depend. Look, you could be like, I'm, I'm trying not to, to jole it too much for you, Jay. <laughs> Damn it! I, I know you, I know you, okay. I got comfortable, I poured myself a cup of tea, I said, he is going to say every four-letter epithet regarding this administration, and I'm just going to laugh. And look at this, you're, you're saying this chilling thing. Oh my goodness. Let me move forward. So those morons who were in Michigan yesterday, <laughs> my wife's hometown, excuse me, those fucking morons in Michigan from a couple of days ago, Look, here's the deal. Um, I got really uh, ticked off as a Jewish man that they were comparing this to Nazi Germany. And I wrote an article on it yesterday, and I put Anne Frank in there, who was locked in the cellar for over two years. I'm sorry, an attic for over two years. And then she was sent to a concentration camp when she was found. She had no choice but to hide. And owners of the shop or in, in the apartment that she was staying were sneaking her food and giving her the news of the day and so forth. And here she was at 15. She died at 15 years old. Hmm. And uh, she didn't have a cell phone, a computer, internet, home entertainment. And journal. These people who not only created this gridlock the other day in Michigan, and there was a point to all of this, um, thereby blocking any number of healthcare workers from trying to get to where they needed to be, because they didn't want the place shut down, they didn't want any stay-at-home orders, and they're out there handing out propaganda, waving Confederate flags. Some of them had guns, just you know, like just aiming their rifle out the window, just trying to show how big a penis they have. And the thing is that it's not about that. It's not about a charade. It's not about a show. And if you have to sacrifice for a couple of weeks or whatever, you stay inside. What the hell? Stay inside. I mean. If you have to, you have to. And if you don't have a home, if you're not fortunate enough to have a home, there are homeless shelters. But you have to follow these rules because you're not only sacrificing yourself, you're sacrificing others. And I'm really curious to see what happens in the area of Lansing, Michigan in the next couple of weeks. 
and I don't wish ill on anybody. But I think anybody who really kind of takes it upon themselves to say, look, I don't want to follow your order because this is Nazi Germany. It was a fucking moron. I understand the need to work. I understand the need to bring money in. Believe me, I understand all of this. But the thing is, if you get sick and you don't have two weeks that you could spare to stay in the damn house, you're not going to be able to provide for your family. You'll be dead. So at the end of the day, to me, as I'm going on my rant, I forgot your question, but the thing is, we need to be scrupulous right now and strong, like Lori says. There are no other options. The big brother happens as a result because we cannot contain ourselves. Unfortunately, we brought that too upon ourselves. I'm not saying we brought the virus onto uh, ourselves, but we will be bringing big brother onto ourselves if we don't be careful. There you go. I, I was I was waiting for that. I, I hear that. You put it very succinctly. I hear that in so many people. It's like, okay, where were we a year ago, 10 years ago, 20, 50 years ago? Uh, uh, we're vegan, and so we're sitting there and saying, okay, why don't you torture a few more animals and create more animal-based diseases? Uh, there's so many places where we really, uh, we really need to just sit in our apartments and our homes and just say, okay, what did we do wrong? And, and maybe, 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 the next time this happens, we'll come together and be stronger. Uh, I, I spoke to a colleague who, who handles a lot of old-time work, and his grandmother told him all about the 1918 uh, influenza. And the one thing which she said, they were, they were a united nation. Everybody, they were told to stay in, they were told to do certain things. That's what they did. They were one country. So maybe we should learn from them. Yeah. Guys, this has been marvelous. Uh, uh, Lori, you are exactly as I imagined you would be. You would metered intellectual perfectly timed the whole works. And Joel, I don't know what happened. The, uh, uh, brilliant, focused. Oh my God! Not uh, your your rant. Your rant was not a rant. It was this this brilliant intellectual diatribe. Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know. There, there must be someone else who writes on your Facebook. That's that's all I have hey, to Jay, say. Uh, no! That, uh, uh, what are you going to do? Uh, I'll find someone else to use the F-bomb at some point or another. Uh, but, okay. but really, both of you, brilliantly put, really something to think about. And and uh, my listeners are going to sit here and they're just going to mouth the words Big Brother and hopefully they will sit in their chairs and really think about what they have wrought and how it needs to be fixed. Guys, thank you so much. It was It was a pleasure to speak thank to you, you as always. Uh, uh, I, I hope all is going well out there. I hope uh, uh, things are moving well uh, and and be safe and all of that. And I, I can't wait to see you again when we're allowed to do such a thing. Yeah, okay. Of course. Yeah, okay. most definitely. And, and until then, I'll see you on Zoom and Facebook and everything else. <laughs> you got it. Take care. Be well. You got it. Thank you. Ciao.